Good morning, friends. Uh, today we're going to wrap up our little short journey uh, through the 23rd Psalm, and I'm going to title this, He Exalts Me, and it's based on the last two verses of this wonderful psalm. Uh, these verses describe the Lord's faithfulness to his children, even in times of great storms. Now, David's life never lacked people who envied him and desired his fall and death so earnestly. I mean, you can look back and read 1 Samuel chapter 18, his problems with King Saul. Or he even had problems with the people who belonged to his inner circle. You can read that story in 1 Chronicles chapter 27 or 2 Samuel 15. And, of course, he had trouble with his own son. That's in 2 Samuel 16. Yet Psalm 25.3 says that God exalted and honored David and put his foes into utter shame. And in the ancient days, it was customary for the host of a banquet to anoint the honored guests with oil made by adding perfumes to olive oil. Now, the overflowing cup literally means my cup is an abundant drink. It refers to a shepherd's cup, which was a large hollowed out stone that could hold 40 or 50 gallons and from which the sheep drank. Now, I think here's the lesson. There's a bumper sticker that says there's only one God, so stop applying for his position. See, David was a skilled warrior, a king who won the hearts of his people, um, a mighty man called and anointed by God. Nevertheless, he didn't seek to retaliate or engage his enemies in his own strength. I mean, this was evident in his battle against Goliath. Go back and read that in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, he never sought to avenge his enemies, which was evident in his reaction to Saul's wickedness. You can read that story in 1 Samuel 24. And he believed that the battle and vengeance both belonged to God. And again, you can see that in 1 Samuel 17 or Romans 12:19. In doing so, <clears throat> David literally waited upon the Lord. Now, sadly, this is where most of us mess up. The Lord cannot exalt us or honor us before our enemies or ensure overflowing provision in times of storms unless we save both the battle and the vengeance for him. I mean, Jesus also commanded in Matthew 5:44, he commanded his disciples to love their enemies and to pray for those who persecuted them. Well, my con conclusion to this kind of little deep dive into Psalm 23 is this. Maybe there are some of you listening who haven't fully experienced God's shepherdly care in your life yet, and you might wonder why. Now, I said at the beginning of this message that the shepherd metaphor refers to God's relationship with his covenant people. Now, you may ask, what does it mean to be a covenant child, and how can I become one? Well, let me explain in the simplest way possible. A covenant is basically a conditional agreement between two or more parties. Now God's relationship with man has always been a covenant relationship. The Bible tells us that in Old Testament times, uh, God related to his chosen people using the Old Covenant, which required perfect obedient, obedience to the Mosaic Law or works of merit. To violate the law was sinful, and this caused punishment and separation from God, which was amenable only through a, a sin offering, also called an animal sacrifice. Now, this is kind of a little bit off, the, off track, but I want you to think about animal sacrifices and what they were supposed to do. But one is they were to take care of the worshiper's per perfection, Hebrews 10.1, to make perfect those who draw near to worship. There was the worshiper's purification in Hebrews 10.2, so they would have been cleansed once for all. And there was the worshiper's guiltlessness in Hebrews 10, 2, and 3. You would no longer have felt guilty for your sins. <clears throat> and fourth, 
There was the worship sinlessness in Hebrews 10.4 to take away sins. However, animal sacrifices could not accomplish any of the above because animal sacrifices were just mere shadows of what was to come. And, and they were ineffective. I mean, go ahead and read through Hebrews chapter 10 again. So if animal sacrifices were futile, why did God order the slaughter of innocent animals in the first place? Well, God wanted his people to realize that the wage of sin is death and is stoppable by nothing other than the blood of a man who did not know sin. Therefore, God's son Jesus was born into this world through a virgin. The Bible says that God made Jesus, who did not know sin, to be sin for us so that in him he would become the righteousness of God. See, since Jesus' death paid the penalty of our sin in full, there's no need for animal sacrifices anymore. And he is the new covenant through whom we enjoy an unsevered relationship with God. Anyone who receives him, and that includes you too, friends, has the power to become a covenant child of God, which entitles you to enjoy God's shepherdly care in your life. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.